to That's What They Said, a podcast discussing the current trends of online transparency and how they impact physicians, hospitals, and health systems. This podcast is brought to you exclusively by Binary Fountain. Their patient experience platform is used by over 2,800 healthcare facilities globally, providing them with deep, timely insights and the tools they need to engage patients, improve operations, and impact revenue. So we're your hosts, Chris Boyer and Reed Smith. Talking about transparency, online transparency, an ever-evolving and even more transparent, can you say that, even more transparent subject as time goes. (laughs) We're going to walk through today a little bit about online ratings and reviews, the power of those things, Mm -hmm. and maybe how to get started or move down that path if that is something your organization is looking at. You know what's interesting, Reed, if you look at the marketplace of online transparency, we were just recently at a healthcare internet conference, and there's only still a small handful of organizations that are actually doing this in a very proactive way, which is surprising to me because right now there are 30 million healthcare consumers that are out there searching for a physician online every month. I think a key piece there that you mentioned was kind of a systematic approach. So we're not saying people are not seeing and maybe even responding to Facebook comments, for example. You know, they're, they're administrators on a Facebook page. Somebody writes a review, et cetera. They respond. And so what we're really talking about is, number one, you want to monitor, measure, and make sure everything out there about you is correct. But then ultimately, how do you look at not just a few semi-owned sites or shared Mm -hmm. sites like Facebook or something like that, but, you know, what about the other healthcare-specific ones, health grades, vitals, even things like Doximity, where they're taking your information, publishing it on the internet. Is it correct? Can people write reviews about you? Things like Angie's List or Yelp and some of those that are not Mm healthcare-specific, and it becomes quite a process. When you think about it, there are so many online ratings and review sites right now in the marketplace, and those that are dedicated to hospitals and physicians are just extremely numerous. I would say a couple dozen of them that are out there. And when organizations are Mm -hmm. systematically looking at building these transparency initiatives, it becomes a bit of a challenge for them to do so. Not to mention that they themselves are also collecting data through like their CCAPs or their HCAP scores, depending on where they're getting that data. There's so much data out there. How do you systematically look at it in a way that can actually help you be successful and meet some of the goals that we're trying to meet? You've got the sites out there, like we've mentioned, where people are writing reviews on their own. Nobody's prompting them to do it. Mm -hmm. So Facebook, Yelp, et cetera. But then you do have the ones that we are asking people to answer, HCAPs type surveys and Mm -hmm. things like that. And maybe even some other surveying within the organization. Pulling that all together, moving down a path that's going to let people find what they need to find. Looking for a physician online, 84% use online reviews to evaluate physicians. That's a pretty high number, and I have to say that I'm one of those 84% because I think that becomes very important as you start to really understand that. Moreover, of those, 37% avoid those physicians that have negative reviews on them. That's interesting. So the danger you run into, I was talking to a physician literally just a couple of weeks ago who unfortunately has one review on Google specifically, and it's a one-star review, and obviously that's a very negative. So his review score on Google is a one. 
The problem about that is, though, he doesn't even provide those services. The long story short is somebody has him confused with somebody else. And he's a general surgeon, so probably not somebody that gets reviewed a ton. But when they do, it means something because the overall number is not quite as high as some of the others. They cannot determine who this person is as far as they know. He's never been a patient. They, they literally do not know who this person is. And based on what the person says in the review, it's very obvious that they've got the wrong physician. So what do you do with that? Right. You need to have, as part of an organization, ways to address inaccuracies, positive comments, and negative comments, and ultimately give people the correct picture of your organization online. Because we've gotten to a place now because of this technology, 84% also trust online reviews as much as recommendations. When you think about it, when you have an online review about a product or a person or a service or what have you, I think that makes sense with uh, consumeristic trends is that we're becoming more and more adept to understanding and using online reviews as part of our decision making. When you look at a Google review or you look at a Facebook review or what have you, sure, you, you contextualize that and say, yeah, okay, so this is on Facebook, but still that carries weight and that carries meaning. The issue here at hand for online transparency is both understanding where all of those listings are and then secondly, using that information that are in those listings and those reviews to help to improve and shape the way your presence is online and to also use that to really look at the overall patient experience. There is a huge need, a huge impact that this does ultimately have for those looking for care in your community. 47% will actually consider going out of network for physicians that have more favorable reviews. And so this has an actual dollars and cents impact on the organization to make sure that what we have out there. So I know we've been bleeding a little bit into what is the impact of online ratings mm -hmm. and reviews, mm -hmm. but let's talk maybe a little bit more about that. There's a couple of implications, and I guess we should address each one in turn. The first is around digital marketing and how that's impacting your digital presence, the digital experience, so to speak. Okay. Quite frankly, when you start to go down an online transparency initiative, typically that means publishing the star ratings and also the comments on your own website. Doing that, going through publishing that verified mm -hmm. patient survey data on your website actually has a very significant impact to your online presence and your SEO. We see organizations that when they publish this, they're starting to see higher impact on natural search results. So their listings come up higher in the natural search results because now there's contextual information. There's yeah. the ratings, there's the comments. The goal is still to be at the top of Google. If there's a way that you can get your source URL, your website to, to show up first, that's always the goal. And so then if you do have that negative review and somebody does have stuff out of context, not that you don't want to address that or figure out the best way to kind of go down that path, but if your website is outranking that, it becomes a little more palatable in a better scenario as well where you can kind of tell your story. Quick stat here, Unity Point Health, which we'll hear from later in the podcast, found that 75% of their appointments booked online were from physicians with online reviews. Interesting. Again, even in amongst their own website, that becomes a determinant. So 
you have the Google search results, you have your website search results. I know that when I'm searching on a provider listing directory, if they have a review and they have comments, I tend to spend more time on that site. So there's a stickiness factor. But I think the second impact here is around the thing we were talking about earlier, which is the consumer engagement and trust. Not only is it sticky, more sticky, but it actually helps to engender that trust and get the consumer that's in a shopping mode to get closer and closer to that decision path. Another stat here is that 85% of consumers found that star ratings and patient comments are very helpful during that selection process. And that's kind of back to, it's the new word of mouth. You're able to go on a, on a website and not just look at stars or numbers, but actually see comments and be able, like you mentioned, contextualize a lot of this. I think that's really important. And two, just a side here, it's important for us to understand that it's not going to be a 5-0 star rating every time out. And that's yeah. okay. We've talked about not deleting negative comments. You know, that was always in the vein of social media. Like you had mm-hmm. the ability... On some platforms or at some point, you could potentially take down negative comments. And we always advocated, don't do that because you want to be transparent. You want to allow people to voice their concerns as long as they're relative and on topics. People that are hijacking threads on social media and stuff, that's a whole different thing. And that's not what we're talking about. But I know when I go look at something, if there's three or four reviews and there's a five-star rating, okay, fine. But if there were a hundred and it's a 5.0, average, Mm -hmm. that seems fishy to me. To have a five-star rating and then flip over and go, oh, well, they only have two reviews, I would say, oh, okay. I can imagine two people would give you a five-star rating. (laughs) Once you get into the hundreds, especially, that's just not possible. I don't think we need to be concerned, too terribly concerned. And I think that may even build more trust and engagement by making sure that the whole story is there, not just the 5.0 story. I think that's why a lot of organizations opt to really be transparent when they're publishing those comments. Of course, there's considerations you have to take in mind when you're publishing those comments, but a lot of times when they're undergoing this transparency effort, they have to have a minimum number of reviews before they actually will publish that on the website. And then they publish all those comments, maybe scrubbed for you know clean language, making sure no HIPAA is in there, but they're putting that information out there in an effort to be more transparent and in fact, to engender that trust. Okay, so we've talked about what it is, talked about some of the bigger, I guess, points of impact. How do we drive this more at an organizational level and make sure this is something that we actually benefit from? Get to that systemic level, the one we alluded to before. Well, that's going to take a lot of buy-in from people across the organization. You know, when we talk to hospitals that are actually doing these enterprise-wide transparency initiatives, they've developed a way to engage with a lot of different stakeholders. So Clearly, one of the most important stakeholders are physicians, because quite frankly, you're going to be publishing the doctor's information. So you have to have some kind of buy-in on the clinical side, or else I have a suspicion these initiatives will fall flat. You've got two things there. You've got people that are rating and reviewing brick-and-mortar locations, hospitals, clinics, institutes, centers, whatever they are. And then you also have people that are rating and reviewing individuals, primarily your care team, probably more specifically physicians. There could be some mid-levels in there, I guess, or whatever. And so I think you've got to walk people through the upside to this and have people understand what this does for your organization. Back to the whole idea that I've only got one or two reviews out there across some of these platforms, and they're not great. 
Well, we're getting a lot of great reviews through our HCAP surveying. So let's make sure that people get the whole story. That's going to be a conversation mm-hmm. that's going to have to happen with lots of different folks over a period of time. And what's another group of people that are important to rally around when you're starting these initiatives? Depending on the size of your organization and and your particular role, there may be other folks within marketing or communications, physician outreach, physician liaisons, those types of folks. But sometimes that patient experience or even the quality department are people that you're going to want to bring in because they're already dealing in this space. Not just how good was the care, which is typically, especially if it's a physician review, typically what they're talking about. But they're hearing about things about parking, billing, you know, and those types of issues. They're monitoring all that. They're measuring all that based on other types of surveying experiences. So this is going to be another touch point. What's more important is not only are they a touch point to bring information intelligence into how you're going to structure this systematic program, what you're effectively doing is you're engaging with stakeholders to get that 360 degree feedback. So now that when you're doing a transparency initiative, when you're starting to recognize and see that there are trends that maybe are negative or positive in different areas, you can engage with these people in the patient experience quality side to develop that loop. So now it feels like a system that manages transparency. And another one I would say there, and this is maybe a little bit off the beaten path, but is HR or maybe even nurse recruitment if that's a separate department. But you're looking at selling your organization culturally to people that are coming there, typically that play a role that is in need across the nation. So nursing, allied health, et cetera, not just on the physician side. And so what insights and things that are you able to glean through a lot of these programs that are going to help them bring people to your area? I think that is understated, Reed, because physicians and other medical staff that are being recruited or considering your organization, you better believe they're going to turn and start to look at what people are saying about your clinical staff, what they're saying about you. So transparency has such a wide impact that there are many different players at the organization. I think that a lot of times it helps too to have someone at the C-suite level that's driving this change. This is not just a technology change. This is a cultural shift. Getting physicians to embrace being open about what people are saying about them online, that's a cultural shift. And it really helps to have someone at a higher level to say, this is the step we're taking towards consumerism. So we've gotten buy-in. We've gotten enough feedback from folks. We have enough nominal experience online that we get people on board. So now what do we do? I would say the next step really is putting in that process for how this works within the organization, right? So how are you going to find out that there's a review? What's the review process? What does that look like? But ultimately having somebody that's in charge of this whole thing centralizing it and making sure that you're communicating on a regular basis with people that are impacted by this. So there's a there's definitely a process around this. It's not something that you could just turn around and do and just have your social media manager suddenly be the transparency person, <laughs> right? You right. have to build a consensus. You have to develop a, a structured way, a model to really start to communicate the reviews that you're getting. So you got your internal reviews and then you got your external reviews. And then you have to figure out exactly, well, how are those reviews? Are you going to vet those? What are the triggers in order to publish a review or to maybe not publish a review? 
there's a whole workflow around approvals. The workflow and the approval process, and just kind of as an aside here, some of these things, half the battle is the turnaround time. So as much of that as you can figure out beforehand, before the review's ever written, the better off you're going to be. So if you can go in and have people agree with you that, okay, A, we can't say a lot online because of privacy, and B, we need to be timely with this, and C, we want people to connect with this person in our organization, then you can script out or at least have some basic guidelines of how you want to respond to these issues. And then who ultimately is going to own that within the organization? Is that the risk manager? Is that a patient liaison? Is there somebody you know in patient experience that, that is going to actually be the point of contact? And that allows you the ownership and be able to drive these things much quicker and get these things to resolution much quicker and then ultimately create more trust because of the timeliness in which you're participating in these communities. As with any technology initiative, when done right, a lot of it is in the planning and the processes that are built before it actually goes live. So many of the organizations, and we'll hear this from Unity Point, they take time to make sure that the process is effective. So how are we gonna publish? What are we gonna publish? How does an appeal occur if something's not published the right way? There's a lot to it that you don't, doesn't even see the light of the day before it is actually turned on. I think that's a lot of great stuff. There's a lot more we could obviously talk about. We had a chance to visit with the folks from uh, UnityPoint Health at the Healthcare Internet Conference. Let's hear a little bit from them about their journey and then we'll be back. Here we are with Unity Point, and so why don't you guys introduce yourselves and kind of what your role is with the organization. So I am Casey Duffy. I'm the Regional Marketing Director for Unity Point Health in the Peoria and the Quad Cities. And I'm Blake Long, and I'm the Regional Marketing Manager for the Peoria region. Tell us a little bit about online reputation management, why it's important to your organization, and what kind of brought you to start working with Binary Fountain. I think the online reputation for us was huge because there's so much that's happening on the internet, whether we're a part of it or not a part of it. And so when you're looking at reviews and you're trying to look at, make a decision on a doctor and there's four people who have reviewed them and it's usually four very unhappy people, (laughs) we had to find a way to balance that with how do we start to really own that? And that led into the relationship with Binary Fountain. And we started working with Binary Fountain, we launched our reviews in 2015, so it was kind of really early in the process. I think the other thing for us was that the ops side was really looking for a way to improve patient experience. So we were able to say there's a reason to do this for consumers, but there's also a reason to do this to improve our patient experience scores. And that's one of the best data points we've taken away from it is that you can see after we launch reviews, CG CAP scores just go right up. Were they involved with you early on in that decision? Yeah. Yeah, oh, really? they were. We took this to them and we took it really as a way to help them along that patient experience journey. We talked to a number of hospitals, obviously, and whether it's this technology or any other, trying to sell that idea into the C-suite. It's typically a tripping point of some some degree. How did y'all prepare for that? And what was that conversation like? There was a whole lot of education from the get-go. I think a lot of physicians and a lot of executives just didn't realize what's out there online about them, about the providers. Mm-hmm. And then they also didn't realize that if it's on a third-party site, there's not really anything we can do about it necessarily. So I think the moment where we really had a turning point was a physician retreat with providers and executives and we 
started just showing them up on slides. Here's things people are saying about you. And then you could see everybody started taking out their phone and Googling themselves. Yeah, and I think too, we were lucky that we approached our, we have two VPs of clinics and we sat down with them one day and the conversation really was, we want to do this. This is what we think it will do. And the answer was, all right. And after we got to that point, you know, we've worked really hard on that relationship with ops. And I think that is probably one of the things that has allowed us to be successful in this is that we can just go to the VPs and say, we're going to try this. And then we have their full support. And so we really were able to leverage the clinic VPs with the providers and specifically with the execs where the idea came from marketing and it originated with us. And we did a lot of the presentation around it to the various audiences with the VPs is always the, you know, the backup for it. And they were always the ones that were speaking out. And as there were questions, they were really able to answer all of it. Were you all doing anything prior to yeah. using binary found? Were you manually claiming listings? Were you all responding at all? We weren't doing a whole lot before. And the journey started with us with wanting to give the provider some tools to improve patient experience. So we kind of really tried to tie it to that. We spent almost a year of them doing online modules about really soft skills. How do I introduce myself? How do I explain a diagnosis? Those kinds of things that really impact the relationship between physician and patient. And we said, the reason we're doing this is because we're going to publish reviews later this year. And the idea is to kind of give you a chance to really think about what, what kind of experience are we providing before we start putting that out for the public to read about. So that was kind of the first big thing we did. The other piece is, is we've left frontline staff first names in our comments online. And so we actually had our VPs go out to some of our lowest performing clinics in patient experience to talk about this initiative. So nobody was surprised when it went out, but it helped to get a lot of buy-in too, because they started to realize that we were absolutely serious about the fact that we were doing this. So we prepared for it was a year and then, you know, rollout started with execs and then providers and it went down to frontline staff because, I mean, they could really say on there that our receptionist was rude and it's going to list her name and it allows us to find some of those trends and we wanted them to know about it and be aware of it. What was the impetus around that? Why did you make that choice? Our goal was to improve patient experience. Yeah. There's really no better way to help accountability than calling out various groups and you know, with the binary fountain tool and some of the reporting on the back end, you know, if you're looking at a clinic who's not necessarily scoring the best and Casey comes up 500 times in red, you probably need to have a conversation with her to help with that. So we also worked on the back end with HR so that there were programs and leadership groups and different things that we could do for ed education on the back end to kind of give people the tools. So we weren't just saying, you know, here, good luck. I hope it goes well. But we were letting them also figure out, okay, how do we fix it on the back end? It was never intended to get, I mean, nobody is terminated because of it. There's no true corrective action as a part of it. It's just then to help find the coaching on the back end. And we know that the providers are leaders in the clinic as far as the clinic team and what's the mood going to be like in the clinic? What's the culture in that individual clinic? So we thought that kind of giving everybody in the clinic a piece of this would kind of help foster that team a little bit. Tell us what the results are. What are you seeing? Well, that data point I mentioned about the CG cap scores going yeah. up, that's the result that we show to everybody. That's the thing we're most proud of. You can see that something happened after we started publishing reviews and consumers are noticing it. They're noticing a different experience in our clinics. The other thing that you'll notice, while we don't think this necessarily drives patient acquisition, you do see that for the providers who have reviews published, they're more likely to have an online appointment request made. There's more time for people to spend some time on their profile page. So that kind of ancillary below the patient experience results that we're seeing. We were really specific when we started this that we weren't doing it for acquisition. And so when we looked at the goals that we set out to begin with, it really was about 
time on page. It was some of the pieces around CG caps being the most important. And it was kind of fun to watch. You know, we launched in October of 15, and it took, like, November was kind of static, and then CG caps jumped by 10 percentage points. Because what the executives were hearing in the clinic was, I don't want my patient to put that online about me. I know that's going to be online. So it became really a common theme. And to, I mean, even now, we're how many years into it, and we're still hearing the same thing from providers that it is still top of mind for them that this stuff is going to be published. What is your advice for people kind of wanting to get started or kind of dig into this space a little bit? You need to find your champions. So one really crucial thing for us was having a provider champion who really believed in it. So when we were going out talking to various groups about what we were doing and why we were doing it, they weren't actually hearing marketing say, this is why you should do it. They were hearing a doctor say why you should do it, you know? And it was a doctor who really believed in it. That's great. So I think that's a really key thing for the first part of your journey. And I think also identifying your results. If you're using it for acquisition, have results around acquisition that you're going to show and put numbers to it. And marketing is really good at saying we're going to get more patients. Well, if you get one, is that really what you're considering a success? And so it's trying to figure out how are you going to measure that and have the data to back it up because that's how we got a lot of the buy-in from our execs up front. We promised them it was going to increase CG cap scores, and it did. This seems like it's tremendously successful. What are you doing next now? The next thing we want to do is start exploring uh, price transparency. What can we do with that? Quality transparency, stuff beyond just the provider transparency. And then the other thing I think that we're really interested in working on is making sure that our providers are easy to find for people and that it's determined by access. Sometimes you can find a provider who's in your neighborhood, but can they get you in tomorrow? I think that's what we're looking at is how can we make sure that access is always kind of at the top of mind for us and what we do online. Then I think it's also opening up for some of our inpatient services. You know, when you're looking at, or even outpatient services, you're looking at imaging or those things where consumers have a choice as to where do I get to go? You know, insurance covers both. What are my options? Making sure that we also are leveraging the reviews in those spaces too. And so we're working on getting some of those things up and running too. Well, it's always good to hear how organizations are actually embracing transparency. And I think Unity Point Health is a great example of that, Reed. Their journey was really interesting. I was glad that they shared that with us. You know, let's not get caught in the idea that we have to have all the answers before starting down this path as well. So a lot of what we talked about today is actually encompassed in an ebook on Binary Fountain's website. So if you go to binaryfountain.com, up at the top, you'll see resources. Underneath that, you will see ebooks. And you can actually go in there and download what is called the Power of Online Ratings and Reviews, an ebook by Binary Fountain. And so it will walk you through this. And one of the coolest things in there, which I think is, is really handy, is a worksheet towards the end of that ebook called Are You Ready for Transparency? So it's a transparency readiness assessment. Mm-hmm. Be sure to check them out. They've got lots of resources on the website, including webinars and all kinds of good stuff. BinaryFountain.com. We want to thank you for listening in. Until next time, I'm Chris Boyer, and he's Reed Smith. <laughs>